the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Woke up with a gasp And my lungs filled with water Choking and grasping my throat I rise to the surface And as my vision clears Welcome to The Marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is a bonus episode, and our guest is musician Tom Meikle, who records under the name Map Of. Our bonus series is where we put conversations that may not make sense as feature episodes, usually phone conversations that aren't necessarily in person, but are nonetheless worthy of being released into the world, and this is no exception. I am so excited to bring this conversation to you. Uh, Tom's record, Isle of Eileen, was released in uh, November of 2019. It's a concept record set in a fictional world that has uh, framed dozens of evenings at home and afternoon runs and morning writing sessions for me lately. The song you're hearing in this episode is Estuary. That's the first track off of Isle of Eileen. You can find all things Map Of at mapof.com, and I recommend going there and doing a little bit of research about the record in addition to listening to this conversation, map of that's M-A-P-P-E-O-F.com. You can also keep up with all things Marinade at marinadepodcast.com and on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We have a lot of cool things coming up. Our next feature episode, episode 48 of the Marinade with Jason Earl, is with uh, Caleb Cottle, the great Caleb Cottle, who stopped by Marinade Studios back in November when he was in town playing the Folk Yeah Festival. We had a delightful conversation, and I'm excited to release that one. We also have a bonus episode Another bonus episode coming up with Jay Cop Anderson, who we caught up with by phone. Jay is um, one of the principal songwriters in the band Fruition, and we've long wanted to sit down with Jay. So, so many cool things happening. Plus, we've booked a couple of other amazing guests. Head on over to marinadepodcast.com to stay in touch. Uh, and also, follow us. Make sure you follow us on social media because we do, especially on Twitter, update what's going on with the show, but I try to make sure that we update all three of those, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and you can find us there. You can also interact with us. We love getting messages. We love uh, responding to tweets or um, responding to uh, comments on Instagram, so 
please don't hesitate to to commune with us over there. And if you really like what we're doing and you want to go deeper, consider joining our Patreon community. Just a few bucks a month, you can get exclusive content like our Patreon only show Jason's journey, where I talk about the moments that have shaped my creative life. Um, it makes a big difference for us, even just a little bit every month helps, uh, helps us continue to put out this kind of content for you. And uh, hopefully will lead to even even greater things in 2020. And uh, so far, we're off to a fantastic start. All right, y'all, without further ado, it is my distinct honor to present my conversation with Tom Meikle. Hi, this is Jason Earl from the Marinade Podcast calling for Tom Meikle. Speaking. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well, man. How are you? Thank you so much for talking to us. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I'm excited, man. This this record, The Isle of Island, um, is gorgeous. And Oh, um, thank you very much. It's it's so fascinating to me, man. It's um <laughs> That's great. That'll make this conversation fun. <laughs> yeah, I think it will be fun. Uh, there's a so I want for folks who are listening to this, I want them to you know go and read your essay that you put on mapof.com. Oh, and, cool. Appreciate uh, that. Yeah, it's just so. It's first of all, it's really well written. Not surprisingly, after hearing your record, but um, <laughs> Thank you. I I just am, there's so much I want to dive into, man. And and I love yeah. you know I love how. You, you start off talking in that essay about the fact that you just finished a cross Canada tour and that this melody had been st- sticking with you. Um, can you kind of walk us through that, like what was happening in your mind in that time? You've got this melody, it's sticking with you, and then the lyrics are coming from pieces in your notebook, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, at that time... Um, I had basically said goodbye to the first record in terms of like writing the music, uh, probably two or three years prior, maybe two and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were out on the road playing that music, uh, as a band and like, you know, slightly different arrangements and stuff. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I think, uh, that the melody that I'm referring to is in, um, I call Volabna. It's sort of like, it's right off the bat, that sort of main kind of like uh, winding melody thing that uh, doesn't seem to have like any particular home. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was something just about that, the tonality of that and the, the ambiguity uh, that was really interesting to me and felt like something, like a part of my musical identity, I guess, that I that I hadn't um, accessed before in that way. Um mm-hmm. So I think that I remember actually we were playing a show in uh, in Winnipeg. We had like a bunch of time for some reason. We had three days off in Winnipeg just because of the way the tour was routed. And uh, there was this piano in the dressing room, mm-hmm. and uh, I was kind of playing around with that melody. And I remember talking to Corey, one of my bandmates, and being like, "I know that this is something, but I don't know what it is yet." You know, it was one of those yeah. moments where it was just this 
this, uh, yeah, this sort of ambiguous piece. And then, uh, yeah, I got home from that tour and the, uh, the gears just started turning, I guess. And, um, obviously on tour, there's a lot of driving and downtime and stuff. So I had been listening to a bunch of podcasts about like about mythology and ancient history and stuff like that. And I think that obviously influenced to a great degree where that stuff went, you know, but the melody kind of spoke to that vibe anyway, you know, so it was mm. kind of a serendipitous thing. That's beautiful. So <laughs> the, the part about the, the, um, the notebook are when you're on tour or I guess it could be at any time. Are you just writing down pieces of ideas? Are you journaling every day? What does that part of the process look like? Uh, I definitely try to keep that stuff up as much as possible. It's like an ongoing, uh, I, I kind of go in and out of it depending on where I'm at in the process, you know, mm-hmm. um, on the road, sometimes you just like, you just end up sleeping the whole time because right. <laughs> you know, for, for various reasons, you have to get up early and drive and all that, and, or you're on a driving shift, all that logistical stuff. But I definitely like try to, you know, keep up on, reading and and taking notes on things but i think in the time around it too a lot of the time i was spending when i was at home was i was trying to find places to put my uh my energy elsewhere than music you know just trying to explore things that were i guess because i'd been you know i went to school for music and i've been so totally immersed in that uh and also from an educational standpoint that was like all i was thinking about yeah uh so i think um when it came to that time i would i just wanted to explore other things um i don't know academically for lack of a better word but just like exploring um concepts i hadn't been able to because i've been so immersed in the music so when it came, you know, writing stuff in my notebook and all of that is really just derived from me trying to pursue other, you know, uh, other aspects of life and other um, topics, you know, mm-hmm. and then that stuff kind of just gradually fed itself in um, relatively naturally into the music, um, which was kind of a change of pace, I guess, from the first record. Ah. Isn't it wonderful yeah. how when you step outside of whatever your creative comfort zone is, how it does tend to spark the sort of the primary avenue that you use, right? So like if yeah. you're a songwriter and you, uh, I don't know, you write a novel or you you know work on poetry or whatever, how that tends to like really inform whatever your main creative gig is. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, um, it's a, it's a difficult thing to do sometimes because, uh, I don't know, something I, I definitely struggle with on a regular basis is just, you know, how much effort is enough and how much, right. how much is, uh, like when can you really, especially in a, uh, in an industry like this, when you're, you're just putting your all in at all times, you know, you yeah. have to kind of give yourself permission to do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is really important because like where else, you know, music can't only feed itself, right? It has to be fed from other yeah. avenues. And uh, so, uh, yeah, it's just important to kind of step back and and uh, dive into other things. And I feel like I'm just, I try to 
just maintain a certain level of curiosity about the world and all those things and, and, and try to find ways to work it into the craft, I guess. That's great. Are there any, is there anything you do to make sure that you're, um, you know, that you are diversifying in that way, or is it just a part of your regular routine? It kind of depends. Um, depends where I'm at again in the, in the process or, or in life generally, like, you know, at that time I was just spending any spare time I had, uh, reading up on mythology and, and, um, Carl Jung and like the psychology of it and, and all of that, that was like just something I was particularly interested in and didn't really have another place to kind of like channel that, that energy, you know, or that interest. And, um, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a conscious thing. Like I said, you know, I try to keep up on, on journaling and writing and, and I do enjoy the, um, you know, writing and, and words and all of that, uh, part of the process. And I, so I try to keep that maintained as a separate entity as well, you know, aside from writing lyrics, you know, writing short fiction or whatever it is, like not, not necessarily anything I would release, but just something to kind of keep those gears turning. Like, um, there's this book that I read a while ago now, but it's kind of some of the habits have stuck with me called writing better lyrics, which I think is a pretty, I feel like I've seen it on a few people's bookshelves here and there. Um, I think Pat Patterson is the author's name, but it's just like kind of a great, um, you know, it's a great guide to kind of keep that, uh, keep your mind fresh, you know, and just like free writing, all that kind of stuff. Something I tried to do now and then just to, yeah, refresh. That's great, man. The, the fact that you are taking this project on from a different perspective, right? That you're approaching the process differently from your first record. Um, I want to kind of get into how, how you reconciled that. So in your essay, you talk about the fact that to have a, this is a quote from it, to have a list of songs in front of you that you've yet to write can be daunting. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, that part of it. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it is daunting, but also exciting. And that's right. the, that's, I think the sort of mission statement of the project for me, you know, mm-hmm. especially, especially now after having done this record, it's like, I, I guess before I made this record, I didn't really know there, there was still so many uh, potential avenues to take this project, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, cause I feel like the first record for me was meant to be this kind of uh, uh, blank slate for, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. um, a, a way to, you know, channel things that I was going through at that time, but also knowing that, you know, there was uh, a lot of aspects of, of my, again, m- musical identity or, or however you want to put it, uh, that I wanted to put into it. So um, I think sitting down to write another record and knowing that, you know, um, considering where I was at in my life and, you know, that I didn't necessarily have this the spark of a moment or, or something that happened in my life or any of those things that normally uh, trigger the writing process, you know, mm. or, or for a lot of people, 
that's where it comes from, right? There's some sort of hardship or, or something that happens in the world that they're really passionate about and all of those things. And, and not that those things haven't happened, but not necessarily in a way that for me felt appropriate to write about. Yeah. Um, so when it started to kind of snowball into this, I mean, like I always was really into, you know, prog records and stuff like that. And, and the conceptual side of things in music, like I always loved records I played front to back and, you know, it, that's a, a, another thing I kind of touched on in the essay um, mm. that I wanted to make a record like that. And, you know, I, I, and that was the goal with the first record too, but because it was just songs that were compiled, you know, rather than mm. um, written with that intention. So I think taking it to the nth degree and like, you know, having the, this collection of words that I knew had this common connection, whatever it was, the same kind of like mythic quality that I wanted in the music and that, that, that melody that I was talking about earlier kind of invoked. Um, it was almost, it was almost freeing in a way to, to put these words in front of me and say like, say to myself, this is the sort of identity of those words, you know, and then let's write music to that. It was almost easier to write music to something that felt sort of predefined rather than just sitting down with a blank piece of paper or, or a blank session or whatever and trying to throw sounds out there and into the ether and make it have an identity, you know? Yeah. Well, I think the that's identity was already there. Well, that's really interesting because it, it seems like there's almost like these competing forces. It's that, and on the one hand, it's very freeing for you in all the ways you just described. On the other hand, in the essay, you talk a little bit about the fact that it, you say, I knew I'd have a hell of a time to explaining this to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think, because I do think the finished product, it, it for me, took a couple of listens for it to sure. seep in, right? So because sure. it's not, you know, it's not a series of like traditional folk songs or it's not, uh, you know, it, it's not straightforward, right? Like it, it's, you're existing in this world, in this fictional world, and there's a mood to it. And I also, and for folks listening, I recommend this. I also listened to it first on a stereo and not a great stereo. And then I put, <laughs> then I put my nice headphones on, yeah. and lived in that world. And then just the nuance comes through so much more clearly. So to folks listening, sure. I highly recommend it in that way, um, because of how nuanced the music is, and because there is a mood that you're setting, right? And so I think it's interesting. There's like this. Um, on the one hand, it seems freeing, but on the other hand, it seems like you're you're kind of like it. Kind of took a little bit of courage to go down that path. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate you saying that, because <laughs> um, in in a lot of ways that is true. Yeah, I mean, uh, w like, <laughs> thankfully the music came rather quickly, at least initially, like the the initial structure of it um, mm. of the record, and so I just kind of once that all came out, and I had like these, you know, ten minute songs, like a couple ten minute songs at that time that's how long they were yeah. and uh i was just like okay this is where i'm going i guess like yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? it's, it's almost like it it 
it is in some ways out of my control in a, in, I don't know, I fear sounding pretentious and saying that, but like, it is just like, <laughs> I'm just throwing stuff out there, you know? And then, and then it was like, Oh yeah, this is where I need to go. This makes sense. Yeah. But I know that, I know that like when I bring this to the people that I'm going to bring it to that there's going to be like, Oh man, <laughs> what is, what, where, yeah. where is this headed? Like, is there, is this just like, you know, your, your standard issue, like artistic madness or whatever. <laughs> well, uh, how yeah, was it so, received? Like at first? I mean, I think, um, I think my peers, you know, amongst my peers, everybody knew th- that side of me, you know? So mm-hmm. like, uh, my peers weren't that surprised. I would say it maybe took a little bit of like, you know, this is what it, you know, showing demos to anybody is a little bit, uh, you're always like adding qualifiers, you know, right. <laughs> like, Oh, this is, this isn't quite the way it's going to be. And all that. There's, there's all that like sort of the uh, reservation and stuff. Uh, why do um, we do that? We do that with all yeah. creative pursuits. I feel like. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's always, it's always like, Oh, it's not done. Like, yeah. Oh, this is, you know, but because you always want to present, you know, you you always want to put your best foot forward and present <laughs> yeah. the big picture, right? Um, yeah, and I guess you so don't want to be like, time, this is the best shit there. ever. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I can, you know, because then you're putting, I think we all just fear rejection, right? So then yeah. you're putting yourself totally on the line, like, this is the best I can do. Right. And if you don't like this, then like, you don't like what I do, you know? Right, but right. I think to a certain extent, that's, you just have to accept that, sure. like, that that is going to be the case. And I think this record for me was that moment where I was like, okay, I mean, at least for this project at this point in my life, this is my identity. And I'm like, I personally, it was the, I guess the first time where I personally felt so much. um, I just identified with that, the music so much um, across like my whole sort of, trajectory as, as like a as a musician um that it didn't ultimately matter uh how it was received you know like yeah. obviously i want people to listen to it and and be immersed in it and uh follow along with the journey and all of those things but i guess purely speaking from like a the standpoint that we're referencing which is you know showing people stuff and and trying to be proud of it but also like defend yourself you know yeah (laughs) um i guess i was just trying to be proud of it as much as i could and and uh stay focused on that you know on that side of it you you mentioned feeling uh concerned about sounding pretentious um and then uh, (laughs) uh, ironic right (laughs) well there's (laughs) there's something I, I kind of want to explore if you'll go down this with me, just kind of personally. Yeah, totally. It's like, there's like, uh, what did you say in the essay? Um, you talked in the essay about um, coming from, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because it's something I deal with, coming from uh, a good family and, a, you say, a wonderful family, a comfortable home, a beautiful country. Uh, I was just in your country this summer. It is beautiful. And uh, yeah, it's great. Um, that, that almost like, this is my word, not yours, but that, uh, imposter syndrome 
of like, sure. Why do I have anything to say? I my life's yep. pretty damn good. Like, <laughs> I own my home and I have yep. health insurance in America, and yep. <laughs> you know, not everybody has these things. So yeah. <laughs> um, it, how much do you wrestle with the those kinds of? issues and questions just because it has come up now a couple of times. Um, and sure. what, and what do you do to work on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's something I've always, I've always thought about. And I think, um, it's important to recognize to some degree, I, I guess to be at least self-aware, mm-hmm. you know, um, in, in the process, I mean, not to say that people shouldn't say, you know, be honest in the way that they feel in the, in their music. Um, but at the, at the same time, I guess, you know, given the direction that I went on this record, which, which was to sort of build this fictional world and have these events take place in this fictional world, I think in some ways was driven by that sense of not necessarily having a whole lot to, to contribute to the conversation uh, mm. if we're speaking from like a broader standpoint um, I didn't you know there's there's certainly like let's say uh, vaguely political undertones to the record you know mm. or, or sort of um, maybe broader statements about about the world and about humanity and all of those things that that I just think about in my own mind, you know, and I don't necessarily have another way to express those things, but I didn't want to do it in such a, in like a, in sort of an opaque way where I was speaking literally about anything, you know, it was more just about the the broad ideas because I feel like there is, first of all, so many artists out there now that are speaking on issues that, that maybe I'm passionate about, but they're at least, you know, more connected to or have some sort of uh, cultural connection to, whereas for me, given, you know, uh, my position in society, as I mentioned, it, it made more sense for me to offer up this, you know, this, um, this fantasy world that, uh, yeah. that would enable people to not necessarily like in, in the sort of escapism element of it, I've, I've struggled with to some degree, because I don't think that's, necessarily the right answer but i think just giving a a space where it doesn't necessarily matter like it doesn't matter where you're coming from it's all it's all um open-ended you know and that that part of it was exciting to me yeah to to quote tom meekle it's a way to ask hefty questions without hefty consequence there you go. Yeah, I like that exactly. a lot, man. I like that a oh, lot. Thanks. And and I think that's something that I've been trying to do myself is um it, it through any art, you know, I mean, ultimately this podcast uh, there are not hefty consequences from what we t- discuss, but I do think it makes a difference. You know, I, I do think that we can spark someone to think differently about something and even if we are preaching to the choir half the time sure. um it it's still a way to challenge each other's thinking and to come at it from a different perspective. And I don't think that just because, you know, my life is pretty good and I'm pretty fortunate or your life is pretty good and you're pretty fortunate that 
that in some way it discounts or diminishes what we have to say, you know, it's just different. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I feel no, the same right. thing. Like I totally get what you're saying, but I don't mm-hmm. think we have some, like our opinion is less valuable or our thoughts are less valuable as long as it's thoughtful and it's coming from a place of empathy and it's coming from a place of meaning, which it, you know, it's, it is. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that I think you hit the nail on the head. It's just about being thoughtful and empathetic and yeah, considerate of other situations and trying to, you know, provide something positive ultimately, yeah. right? You know, like yeah. that's I think yeah. in uh in the the state of things and not to be, you know, I feel like it's so everybody is using the you know, the way things are now <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. But uh but you know, considering the the socio political climate, I think the best thing for at least for me to do personally is just to provide something positive, some something for people to to dive into and kind of live in. And uh, I don't know, I just like I remember those records that I was listening to when I was a kid, and maybe I didn't have the same, you know, I didn't have the weight of the world on my shoulders at that time. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it just it just offered some place of solace, like no matter where you're coming from, that's the hope. Right. Cause I mean, we're all going through it, you know, we may have different challenges, but it's not like life is just a piece of cake for any of us, even if we have absolutely. advantages, you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, I was talking to a friend on new year's Eve and, uh, she asked me how 2019 treated me and that, that <laughs> was, that's how she said it. And, um, and, and and the way you know, from a lot of people, that question would be a throwaway question, and they would expect a throwaway answer. You know, almost rhetorical. Yeah. But this was a very yeah. earnest person who I knew genuinely wanted to know. No, <laughs> yeah, how was I, yeah. I do? And my anxiety immediately went to the places I messed up, the bad things that right. happened. Like that's the first thing my brain did, and then I started <laughs> thinking about my podcast and I started talking about it and that led me to think about this whole list of amazing things that happened in my life in 2019. And I just thought that was so interesting that my brain first thing went to all of the negative stuff. My anxiety immediately went there. And then once I started unpacking it, 2019 was pretty dope. (laughs) (laughs) It it doesn't feel like that, you know? Yeah. I think it's, um, I think you're not alone in that regard. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I, I feel that as well. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I got to put this record out, which I think, you know, it was the culminating, uh, result of like two years of work and even longer prior sort of like putting these ideas together, you know? And, uh, and then it's, it's so easy to, you know, to let that slip away and, and, uh, you know, think about the day-to-day challenges and all of those things. But yeah, it's just so important to, uh, to reflect and be grateful, you know, you're, but you're right. It's just like that knee jerk thing. And, and, uh, I think, yeah, no matter where you are, people, people experience that. Right. Yeah. Um, bringing it back to the record a little bit, we had a nice little tangent there, but back to the record, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the artwork, each song has its own piece of art, which is so cool. And <laughs> Quinn Henderson, right, is the artist? Yeah, yeah, you bet. What did that look like? Is uh, 
did you have an idea for what you wanted each, you know, each uh, picture to represent or did, did Quinn come up with these ideas? Um, what did that collaboration look like? Oh, it's so great, man. Um, cool. Yeah, it was the best. So, <laughs> well, so like I said, I mean, I had that, these, uh, these environments, you know, that list of words ended up being these, these particular um, sort of regions, like geographical regions in this fictional world that I was creating. Mm. Um, and so from the time that I had those words, I had this general sense of what those places looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's kind of the basis for which, uh, on which I built the music. So I knew what had to be evoked from each of those places. You know, it was like, relatively i i you know from the beginning i started sort of writing out location details and stuff like there's this whole (laughs) collection of like encyclopedic information about the about the fictional world like the um to to draw from for whatever purpose and and i sent that to quinn that kind of on our initial meeting we sat down at a starbucks and started talking about the aesthetic um, approach that I was going for. And I, I quoted some, um, uh, Japanese woodblock art, um, mm. was like one of the main influences for it, but also the, uh, the golden age of illustration and particularly this, um, this Danish illustrator called Kay Nielsen did a bunch of stuff. Um, I guess it's like turn of the century, maybe late 1800s, but it's, it's just so beautiful and, mystical and and all the things that I wanted out of this record. And so those two kind of pillars, uh, I threw at Quinn he was just like, Oh man, this is exactly the wave I'm riding right now. And and it was just, it was just so easy, you know, it was so like, uh, uh, just a perfect fit. And so he sent me the first draft of, uh, I think Kintail was the first piece that he sent me. And I was just like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> right like I, I looked at it and i just like shook my honestly like i almost teared up because it was just That's like awesome. this is a it's it's the kind of artistic relationship that you look for you know yeah. what i mean uh-huh. you just you just want to have that like unspoken understanding and not that we didn't talk about it but but uh it took very little um notes and back and forth and all that stuff like most of the time it was like yeah, man, you got it. You just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> so, uh, so beautiful. How that, yeah. like that is so rare too. I saw these. There's two songwriters here in town that I absolutely love: Stephen Rock and Patrick Hagerman. And uh, Stephen is one of those guys that like doesn't have any records, and it drives everyone who hears him crazy. You know, because he's just so <laughs> good. It's like why. <laughs> <laughs> the world needs to hear this and totally. you know yeah. just put this yeah. out please um yeah. but he was telling me last night that he doesn't he doesn't really play with other people very often he's a folk singer and he just, right. like doesn't feel comfortable or for whatever reason but there's something about Patrick where they they just do it and they did a version of Atlantic City last night that was just dynamite just you know floored oh, the man. room you know and it was just cool uh, and he's like I just feel like this guy's my Spring brother song? yeah oh great yeah yeah it was awesome yeah was, Stephen was singing and Patrick was just playing with him and it and doing some harmonies and it just was seamless yep. you know and they don't they don't 
jam together ever you know they just every once in a while will get together and it's just seamless you know it's just like this connection that you have with another creative and it doesn't happen with everybody it just those magic yeah moments. It's, it's a really it's a really special thing and it's like it, it kind of brings you back to the whole i mean especially connecting with an artist that's like outside of your field you know like I, yeah. i've never really had that kind of relationship with a with a visual artist right um and that you know just intrinsically understood what i was in pursuit of you know it's just mm -hmm. like definitely don't take that for granted it kind of makes you step back and think about like the the big picture of of art and why <laughs> what mm. the whole point of it is you know what i mean mm. which is like when you're so deep in the process and the you know um especially like you know building a fictional world all that <laughs> stuff that's like that's like very creative you know but it's also craft and like you're deep into it you know and yeah. and it's uh super exciting but sometimes you get like kind of lost uh trying to find your way through this creative process and then when you like when you hit moments like that just kind of makes you it gives you an opportunity to think about the fact that like we're all just doing this to make those connections and to like, you know, even if it's not an initial, like in the way that I had with Quinn, where it was just so smooth and, and, and also like a close working relationship, but even just putting this music out there and hoping that, that, you know, that same kind of feeling that like, whatever that ambiguous thing is that, you know, the reason you do this podcast and the reason that any of us <laughs> make anything is to have that kind of connection, you know, in right. any way that we can. So, right yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's i love that and and that to get there it requires you to to do what we talked about earlier the difficult thing which is to show it to somebody else you know to, yeah be like this is me this yeah is, uh, or or you know this is the project this is like the identity and take it or leave it you know <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I, and I think, yeah, it's, yeah i don't know about you but i think the, i think i'm getting better at that the more i do the more comfortable yeah. I feel putting it out there. I think eventually you just find yourself not having a choice and you put yourself in that, you know, once you sign up for it, it's like you're on that train and you don't, you know, that's what you, like I, I have a relationship with a record label and like I'm going to make records and put them out and it's like, it's interesting to think back before I had ever released any music like as a solo artist or anything like that and the how daunting the prospect of putting music on the internet was, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. And it is like, and, and I, I know that there's, you know, like people that I'm close with who have like struggled with that. It's just that initial push, yep. that initial, like I have to put myself out there and know that people are going to not like it because right. right. that's going to happen. You know, like there's going to be someone who listens to it and it's not for them. And it's like, you just have to find a way to come to terms with that and focus on the people like, you know, like thankfully you've like the record found and you right. know, there's something, there's something in it for you. And, and you have to have faith that if there's something in it for you personally, you know, if there's a reason that you made it mm -hmm. then there's, there's a reason that someone out there is going to listen to it and enjoy it, you know? So. I love that. I love that. That's so true. And it's so easy to lose sight of 
That's let's uh-huh. not lose sight of that. That's yeah, so, hang on to it for me. <laughs> seriously, man. Well, this it's immortalized now. It's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Next Sunday it'll be on the internet for as long as the internet Perfect. exists until yeah, yeah. Iranian cyber attack. Um, <laughs> I'm sure, they're coming after me first. <laughs> now they are. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, oh man, thank you so much. We always end with um, just what art are you consuming that you like music books film whatever it is that's got you fired up at the moment what's got you excited right now oh man um well i just (laughs) there's there's two things so uh for christmas my uh my girlfriend got me the second book in the wheel of time series okay uh which is a like a fantasy novel series by robert jordan um so I'm excited about that, and I'm also I've also been playing. We just got uh, like controllers hooked to my hooked up to my PC, so we're playing um, Hollow Knight and Celeste, which are two like PC games that okay. have like gorgeous soundtracks, and they're just like beautiful indie games. I'm really starting to like appreciate the artistry of indie video games. Cool. So that's kind of the that's kind of the train that I'm that I'm riding right now, and kind of exploring that world a little bit. So yeah, you think you <laughs> that's, make, that's awesome. Do you think you'd ever be interested yeah. in uh, soundtracking a game? Yeah, so that's what I'm kind of digging into right now is learning the process, like the you know of adaptive music and and uh, 3D audio and all that stuff. Is that's kind of like these past couple of weeks I've had a little bit of a break, so I've just been spending most of that time learning how to do that stuff. And, that's and, great, uh, And digging into that world. Yeah, I mean another part of what I try to do is you know film score work and i'd really like to get into the video game soundtrack that's world awesome. so yeah yeah thanks for cool. asking yeah <laughs> no that's exciting man um so uh map for everything about you yeah. and your music uh you got a few shows coming up in march looks like right yeah okay. yeah yeah with tamino opening for tamino cool on and a handful of dates you coming to the states? And Matt Have you played much in the states? A handful of shows. We did. Uh, we were just down there doing a, a little showcase in New York. Cool. Um, but we haven't been down sort of full on in the, over a year or so. So I'm really hoping that this year uh, and this record brings some more us visits for sure yeah i hope it brings you down our way man it's uh yeah i'd love to chat in person yeah that would be amazing well tom this has been such a pleasure i love the record i'm so grateful for your time and i'm so grateful for your art thank you very much jason i appreciate it it was a great (laughs) chat thanks man take care you too all right bye